This week on One Crazy Story, TV producer Steve Lamar joins us to talk about the week he spent with Sam Kinison. Sam had gotten a spot on the Roddy Dangerfield special, and Tom just happened to see it, and he called me in, you know, the next day, you know, after uh, after he saw it, and said, "Hey, I saw your saw your guy Sam. You guys are want to meet him. We want to see him. You know, set it up." And that's how that got started. Now, for those of you who probably may not know who Sam Kinison is, a legendary stand-up comedian, if you guys want to check him out, make sure you go to YouTube and just type in Sam Kinison's first Letterman set and watch that video. That'll give you the perfect example of what Sam Kinison was like. Just a powerhouse on stage, so funny, and unfortunately he's no longer with us, but Steve's story was just too good not to share. So Steve wrote a book about it and his whole experience working with Sam when he was working on the show Washington, it was a Showtime show. It's one of those right place at the right time things, you know, because I I find that anyone who works in show business, if you ask them how they got to where they ended up, there's really just no way you could go A, B, C. It's just kind of like, well, I did this and it ended up here and then kept kept going and yeah, next thing you know, I'm writing a book about it. That's pretty much what it was. I mean, it's just right place at the right time. Just a great story, and you guys are going to love it. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we'll just cut to the chase. We'll just get to the episode right now, but first, if you guys are enjoying the show, please do me a favor. Go on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, maybe a nice comment. That'd be fantastic. Also, you can find it everywhere now. iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, everywhere you can find a podcast, you can find this show. So tell your friends about it, please. Share it on Facebook. Do it all. You know, just tell everybody about it. It wouldn't hurt. I would love you forever. Also, if you want to contact me directly, you can always email me at onecrazystory at gmail.com. Let me know if you got a great story that you'd love to tell on the show. Or um, if you think you know somebody that should be on the show, let me know. I'd I'd love to talk to you. So go ahead and send me an email. Follow me on Twitter at onecrazystory, facebook.com slash onecrazystory, all of that. Keep in touch, and most importantly, enjoy this week's episode with TV producer and author Steve Lamar. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Steve. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Now, your new book, and I think this is your first book, correct? First and probably last. First and last, yeah. The book is called Sam and Me, The Week I Spent a Year with Sam Kinison. I was very intrigued when I read the title, and I love the way... I love the way you set it up with your childhood and your growing up and how you got to the point of meeting Sam. Obviously, you don't just meet Sam out of the blue. So how do you even get to the point of meeting Sam Kinison? Like, where does it all start well, for Steve Lamar? Well, you know, it, it all started, truly, it, it all started from humble beginnings, I would say. And, you know, I grew up in a really small town in Texas and uh, my dad died when I was really young and uh, didn't leave us with much. And my mom then had a, had a stroke, you know, a few years after that and wasn't able to work. And so we were, just, you know, we were poor. And I was, my, my brothers and my sister and I, we kind of, you know, grew up in the projects. And, and my escape was television. Uh, I, loved, I loved shows in the 70s. And, and, and I also loved uh, the TV Guide. That's what I was kind of like a Bible for me, being able to read about the shows and behind the scenes. And that really intrigued me that there was a whole, uh, uh, you know, a whole, um, you know, business side, uh, behind the scenes. That was something that I could maybe be a part of. So 
that that was kind of how it started for me. Yeah. So this young, a young Steve Lamar growing up in the projects in Texas, which is also where Sam is from. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you discover that this there's this whole world behind the TV shows you're watching. There's the production aspect and everything. Did you ever think you want to be in front of the camera too? No, not really. You know, I, I of course, you know, when you're a kid, you, you, you know, I'd watch, uh, uh, shows like chips and think, Oh man, that'd be so cool to be one of those guys and riding around on a motorcycle all day and, and getting, you know, getting a big fat check for doing it. That sounded cool. But I, I you know, reality kind of set in. I, I wasn't really that guy that wanted to be in front of people and, uh, getting attention that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, when I read things about, um, uh, you know, about directors and producers. And then finally, you know, uh, stuntmen, you know, that really got me going. And so when I, when I found out that there were stuntmen that do uh, the stunts for people, you know, it wasn't the actors that were doing the, doing the fights and the car wrecks and the high falls and things like that, that, that really got my attention. And uh, how old were you when you discovered that stuntmen were a thing? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm guessing probably, about, you know, 11 or 12, somewhere in there. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. So my friends and I, we would, you know, we, we would set up mock fights and, and, <laughs> you know, we were always jumping ramps with our bikes and doing really, really stupid stuff that luckily we never, you know, we made it through it alive. No major injuries as a young Steve? Not from that. I had a couple, but they were never really from doing that kind of stuff. It just happened accidentally. But um, yeah, that's really, that's really what piqued my interest. And when I first moved to to uh, Los Angeles, that was really kind of where my head was at, that I wanted to be a stuntman. So your uh, your dream when you moved to L.A. was to be a stuntman, not necessarily any other uh, dream at the time. No, that, that was that was it. I'd always, as a kid, because uh, I grew up, my mom, before my, uh, this was kind of before my dad died, before uh, my mom got sick, We uh, she had a cafe, a little cafe. And uh, in the cafe, there was a, a jukebox. And, uh, and so I, I, I wasn't shy. I mean, I would, I would sing, stand up, you know, beside the jukebox and uh-huh. people would come in and give me a quarter to play a song and sing along with it. And I did that. And, uh, uh, so you know, I, I, I loved music too, but, uh, the, the TV thing and the stuntman thing is really kind of where, where I wanted to be. Whenever I read showbiz stories like this, and I always compare it to my current wherever I'm at in my career, like right now I'm, I'm a stand-up right. comedian, a podcaster, what, you know, I'm doing, I'm trying a whole bunch of things and like my original dream, I'm like, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. I know with stand-up comedy, you just, you start doing open mics and you have an outlet, a place for new people to start. But with stuntmen, it's not like there, you can just show up and practice falling off a building, right? Like, I mean, in order to break into that industry in LA, at least at the time, do you go to like a school or how do you, do you meet other stuntmen? Yeah. Well, first of all, when you just said, said when you, when you hear showbiz stories like that, it still amazes me that you say, I have a showbiz story. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, it just yeah. sounds weird. That's still part uh, of the but, business. And that, and you know what I mean? Like yeah. in this whole book, I, all I kept thinking because I, I am a fan of Sam Kinison and I'm in my twenties. So obviously I didn't discover Sam until right. after he had passed, after his whole career had come and gone. Sure. So I'm reliving this as a young comedian now in 2017, 18, and I have to go back and imagine what it was like, but you were actually there in the 70s, in the 80s, working in L.A. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, in, yeah, actually I moved there in 1980. Uh, but when you, when you asked about, yeah, kind of how, how did I go about trying to get into the stunt world? Um, well, first of all, I was really young and stupid, so I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I, and I was just kind of gung ho, so I would do whatever. But I, uh, I watched a lot of movies and I always wrote down the stunt coordinator's name and kept a little notebook. So if I ever ran into any of those guys, I would be able to kind of, if I didn't remember, I could kind of thumb through and know what movies they did and then talk to them about it mm-hmm. if I met them. So, um, so I did that and there was a place, there was a particular place back in the day where stuntmen used to hang out the, the Palomino club in uh, North Hollywood. And I would go there, man, sure enough, cause that was from a movie, uh, Hooper with Burt Reynolds. And, uh, and, and it, it was a real place. And so I went there and I met a lot of stuntmen and then, um, I found out about this guy named Hubie Kearns, who was uh, Batman's stuntman from the original series, oh, wow. Adam West. And uh, he had a small uh, kind of, it was, you know, based pretty much out of his house. Uh, and he had a, a warehouse to a stunt school. And he took in, you know, all of us crazy kids and <laughs> would kind of teach us, teach us, you know, how to, how to do fights and how to do different things. What and, is that class like? Uh, it, for, <laughs> for me, it, you know, when I look back on it now, I was like, what was I thinking? Because <laughs> I, all of the other people in there were so much more athletic and had special skills with either, you know, dirt back, dirt bike riding right. or, uh, you know, or martial arts or gymnastics. And I had, no, I had none of that other than <laughs> just, Hey, I want to be a stuntman. Yeah. So, uh, so looking back on it now, it was, I was, you know, kind of young and naive, but, uh, but it was still a fun experience. And I think in order to break into being a stuntman in Hollywood, you have to kind of be fearless and just be able to do it. Cause I mean, regardless, you're jumping off of a building, whether or not you've done it before. Right. <laughs> so right. I, I think regardless, you're going to have to, and I, I don't, I can't imagine many, um, adults are going after that dream. <laughs> you know, I feel like you have to be young. Yeah, I do kind of wonder what it's like out there now for people that want to do that, how, you know, how it comes about. But, you know, one thing, too, I, I know then and probably now, too, it's definitely a family business. Uh, there, there, were, there were families that, you know, the dad was a stuntman, the son, and then the grandson, and, you know, uh, uh, nephews and uncles, it's, you know, where the, the whole family was kind of in on it. That's interesting. Um, there were definitely a couple of those. Uh, when you take this class, do you just, you, you just sign up? Was it a paid class or was it just? Yeah, you, no, it was a, it was a paid class. I don't remember how much it was. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, you paid a weekly, yeah. weekly fee and, and, and uh, you got to learn from a professional. From a professional. And he had a, you know, and there were, there were, there were people of different degrees of skill that were there. And I remember Hubie's son, I think his name is Hubie Jr. He was, he was also part of the class. And, uh, but you know, he had already done things. He'd been in movies and television shows and, and, and done things. And I, and I think he's still doing stunts today. That's amazing. Yeah. So after you take the class, do you, did you end up what, after taking a class and learning from somebody like him, do you, do you still feel as excited about being a stuntman? Did it give you kind of an eye? Was it an eye opening oh, experience? It was, well, kind of what I'll tell you, what, what happened for me, kind of what steered me in a different direction where I said, oh, well, maybe this isn't for me as I almost, I, I, I was practicing high falls in uh, Hubie's backyard and we had this platform set up and it was probably 20 or 30 feet up. And, and I'd done several and I did a, I did a fall into a, into a bag 
and I almost missed bag. Oh man. And that, and it scared everybody there, including Hubie, including me. And, and I kind of realized like, I don't know. I thought I did that right. I don't know what I did wrong. Right. Maybe, maybe this isn't, maybe I don't have the skill set for this after all. So yeah, you only get one chance to really mess up in the stunt world. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, so, so that's, that's kind of what got me thinking I needed to figure something else out. How old were you at the time uh, you kind of decided to let the stunt man dream go? Yeah, God, that was not long after. So that was probably, I must've been probably around, my guess was around 18. Yeah. So something like that. An 18 year old living in LA first time moving away from home. Oh yeah. First time. And it's LA. It's not, you didn't just move to like Tulsa, Oklahoma. You're in LA. That's a, that's a big, that's a big city for a young person to just kind of but I feel like a lot of stories start that way where they're just like, I'm just going to go. I got this dream. And you always start one place and end up somewhere else, it seems like. Or at least anyone in L.A. I know. They're like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be a stunt man. And then they don't right. end up becoming a stunt man. But they usually end up in a good place. Uh, and where where did you go yeah. from the stunt dream? Well, from there, um, and even at the time I was working construction and doing uh, doing different things like that. And what, what happened when we actually got me into the business, there was a, 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 one of my roommate's friends was a production assistant on a show called uh, Buffalo Bill, which is Dabney, a Dabney Coleman show. And uh, which is a great show, by the way, if you've ever, I don't even know if it's available anywhere, but it was really way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, they, they were on hiatus and they were moving some stuff out of their offices. And he asked me if I wanted to come help him out and uh, uh, move some furniture uh, out of the office into to storage. And I, and I was like, yeah, okay. Right. Got nothing else going on. So I went and I did that. And, uh, uh, the, uh, the, um, writer producer, uh, a couple of those guys were, were still there in the offices working. And I kind of, I met them when I wanted to help and we kind of all hit it off. And, uh, I, and I ended up working and they asked me to come back another day, came back and then, that turned into a week and then that turned into a month and I ended up working with those guys for, for years. Wow. And all from just helping out a buddy. Yeah. Totally fell into it and just lucked out, you know, the right place at the right time. Yeah. But you knew you wanted to be, you wanted to be in that industry and you, and you fell right into it. Isn't that funny how that works out? <sighs> Amazing. Amazing. So, um, what kind of work were you doing after you, uh, after the move and everything and they basically hire you? Well, yeah, kind of my first my first job with them, you know, where I, other than just kind of being a gopher, I was just kind of doing whatever they needed. Is uh, the uh, the director writer? His name was Tom Patchett, and uh, he they he'd gotten a uh, a, a show. Uh, it was kind of a, a a comedy special hybrid, weird kind of a show. I don't even remember the name of it, but mm-hmm. uh, he lived in Santa Monica. The studio was in Hollywood. So he needed somebody to drive him back and forth, you know, drive him to the studio in the morning and bring him home in the afternoon. And so, you know, instead of sitting in traffic, he could work on a script. Sure. And, uh, and so, uh, so that was my kind of really my first job. And he and I just kind of hit it off and we became friends. And the next show that he had, he made sure that I was on it. And then that went on and on and on. And, and, uh, 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 you know, we also just became really, you know, close friends and he's, you know, kind of like part of the family. 
So at this point, you're working in L.A. You finally have established uh, some sort of a career. You're definitely on the way to uh, what I mean, at the time you didn't know, but you're on your way to what you'd be doing the rest of your life. And you got this job on a Showtime series. Is that correct? Yeah, it was a a Showtime series. uh, Basically, it was a sitcom and it was called Washington and it was based on a, a, a comic strip. And that was my it was my first series that I worked on and uh, that gave because it was a sitcom and Tom, Tom Patchett also, I should go back a little bit. He, you know, was from the comedy world. You know, he, mm-hmm. he was a comedy writer. He'd worked on a lot of big television shows, Bob Newhart, Carol Burnett. He was a writer wow. on those shows. And, and uh, he, um, uh, uh, so I'd gotten into to kind of the comedy world through him. And, you know, and I really enjoyed that. You know, these guys were all about making each other laugh, you know. And I'm a little biased, but I feel like comedy is probably the best genre to work in because it's just you're working with comics, funny people. All the writers are, you know, you're in that writer's room. I can't even imagine how, how much you guys laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it definitely can be a good time and high stress and all that, too. But, yeah, it was just it was just fun. You know, we had a lot we had a lot of fun doing those shows um, back then. And um but uh, but because of what the show was, uh, and because of the kind of the kind of comedy that I knew that Tom liked, when I stumbled upon Sam uh, at the comedy store, first I, you know, first I wasn't you know, Sam was just really, it was even too much for me. Uh, <laughs> there there are a lot of people there are a lot of people there are people now friends of mine that don't that that don't know who Sam is. I mean, I, I think that everybody just knows Sam and every now and then someone that, you know, that has my book or they're going to get my book. They say, I don't really know who Sam is, but and I said, well, before you read the book, just go, um, go to YouTube and search for, uh, Sam Kinison's first David Letterman appearance. You know, what's funny is even before you and I started emailing, uh, I, I watch that set probably once a year because I think it's just so <laughs> funny. Great. Yeah, if you don't know Sam, that's all you got to see. Exactly. Right? That 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 tells you all you need to know about Sam Kennison if you've never seen him before. It sums up everything he's like on stage. He's just so out yeah. there and so loud and so funny. Like there's no way you can't laugh, you know. Right. And it can be it can definitely be a little a little intimidating if you're not quite ready for it. Right. And the first time you saw him, um it was a little intimidating, right? Because at, at the time, now what year was the f- the first show you saw Sam at? Nineteen. It was, ni- yeah, 1985. At the Comedy Store. Now this is like... At the Comedy Store. This is like the uh, the era to hang out yeah, at the Comedy Store. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was some big stuff going on. You're seeing everybody. Yeah, a lot of people that hadn't, hadn't made it yet, you know. Uh, Dice Clay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Damon Wayans also, I remember seeing at that time. Uh, you know, those are just guys getting up there doing their, doing their thing back, you know, then. So when you went to the comedy store that night, what were you, did you just go to have a good time just to go see a show or just, or were you kind of, yeah, I kind of already, yeah, I hung out there a bit already and, you know, it's just a fun place to go. And, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and, you know, I'm like what 21 or 22 at the time. So, um, and, and so we, we were always out doing something, getting into some kind of trouble sure. and trying to have fun somewhere and comedy store was just a great place to be. Um, but, um, yeah, the first time I'd gone with a, my friend, Ike Eisenman and Ike was a child actor. Uh, and so he was in, uh, uh, his 
I guess his big claim to fame was uh, Escape to Witch Mountain. It was oh, he was wow. in, he was the kid in those movies? Oh, really? And uh, yeah, and he was also in uh, uh, Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. Uh, he's the the uh, cadet that gets killed and sort of toward the beginning of the movie. <laughs> no way. Puts his big bloody handprint on uh, Captain Kirk. Man. So that's awesome. Anyway, so he. Yeah, we went together, and he had seen Sam before, and he had told me a little bit about him. He was excited to see him. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, then when he came on, it was a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 I just, you know. And then when I, I saw him, we saw him outside after the show, and he it was, you know, it was just Sam. It was just like right. he, he was, he wasn't. He wasn't on. He was. He wasn't being loud and crazy. And and uh, uh, he, he's off the clock. He's. It was all. It, he was off the. But it's almost like you know. I, I one of one of the jobs I had when I after I left LA, I, I moved to Nashville, and uh, I uh, so I also do music. And I came out here, and the first couple of three years I was here, I worked in a in a bar, and um, with a where I had a trio. And we worked in this big bar at, this, uh, at the Opera Land Hotel. Oh, nice. And there were times when uh, the crowd was thinning out and the bartenders would kind of give us the look. It's like, you know, play some really slow, bad songs and drive everybody out of here <laughs> so we can go home. And I felt like that's kind of what Sam was doing that night, that first night that I saw him. Because he was, he was just unloading on everybody. And uh-huh. Just really, really harsh and, and really brutal. Oh, my God. And... Uh, I think then looking back, I said, I wonder if he was, okay, it's, you know, they always put him on late anyway, because if there were people left, he would drive them out, most of them. Yeah, um, he was kind of there to clear so, out the room at the end of the night. Pretty, pretty much. That's what he did, whether he, you know, whether he intended to or not, uh-huh. but, uh, until people caught on, you know, to what he was doing. So you guys meet Sam outside of the club after. How was he? Pretty nice to you guys. Pretty good dude. He was great. He was just like really, hey, how you doing? You know, where, where are you from? What's going? Yeah, you know, and he recognized Ike because Ike was very recognizable. Yeah, and that's how we started talking. And then after, then it kind of clicked to me. Oh, it's it's. I hate to say it was an act, but it was you know really it's Sam. He's had an different act. off stage, and and there's nothing to be scared of. That sort of thing. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, he wasn't a, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a jerk or a creep and he, mm-hmm. I, I really liked him. And then I got it. I was like, Oh, okay. All right. So I literally went back the next, the next night and laughed, <laughs> laughed my butt off and, and just really, really, really enjoyed it and, and kept going back. And then I was like, God, Tom Patchett has got to come and see this guy. Yeah. I know he's going to love him. So then I kept bugging Tom to come see him, uh, which didn't happen right away. It took a while. Unfortunately, uh, in bugging Tom so much to try and get him to to come see Sam, Tom got a little snippy with me because I was <laughs> I was I was just bugging him too He's much. He's like, "Gosh, he, Steve, I don't." He need finally to... kind of snapped at me, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess I should back off." <laughs> uh, but then, then, then what happened right at right about that time? And this was I don't know, I guess a couple of months after I first started seeing or first met Sam. Sam had gotten a spot on the Roddy Dangerfield special. And, um, it was an HBO special for young comedians and Tom just happened to see it. And he called me in, you know, the next day, you know, after, uh, after he saw it and said, Hey, I saw your, saw your guy, Sam, he goes, I want to meet him. We want to see him, you know, set it up. And that's how that, that's how that got started. That's crazy. How you're like, (laughs) you're like, guys, you got to check him out. He's so funny. And they're like, no, no, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to go to the show. I don't want to go to the show. 
And then they catch him on Rodney Dangerfield's young comedian special, and they're like, this guy is hilarious. We got to go see him live. That's the guy that Steve was talking yeah. about. That's, that's it. So, you know, it was really kind of, in, in a way, it was kind of good for me that it worked that way. Absolutely. You yeah. know, it, it kind of validates your taste in entertainment, but also it's, it's just a, a version of networking in a way. You're just like, guys, I think this, this guy's hilarious. You got to check him out, you know, and it, it helps you. It helps Sam. It helps everybody. Exactly. Exactly. But then they, the nice thing is they came and they had a great time and they loved it. And, and then Tom literally wrote an episode just for Sam. Wow. He wrote it specifically for Sam. After one set. So, yes. That's crazy. Yep. So he liked them that much off the bat. He was like, this right. is, this is it. Yeah. They all, all the guys, all, That's all so the guys, great. The, the executive producer came, the two executive producers, the star of the show, Tom Calloway, and they're all and Tom Patchett was also there, and and also what scared me is all their wives came too. And I was like, oh, geez, Uh-oh. this may not go over so well with them. Yeah, but they might they not enjoy too. themselves. And, oh man, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how what a relief that that night went well. Yeah, to- totally, totally. So did you guys hang out with Sam after that show? Did uh, was Sam able to meet um, the producers yeah, and everybody? Did. Basically, he came on. He came back after Sam. I was able to get Sam an earlier time slot that night because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get these these, yeah. these big shots to be there at one o'clock in the morning. So luckily, they was able to get Sam on earlier. And then after the set, he came out and met everybody, and it was he was gracious and awesome. What was the process for you, not being a comedian or really affiliated with the comedy store in any way? How did you talk to the comedy store about changing the lineup? Because that sounds like a very hard task for somebody. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you have the yeah. excuse of uh, Showtime, you know, and you know these people are coming to see a specific comedian, you know, can we do something about that? Did that make it easier? Right. Well, I, it, it did make it. I just had to convince them that I wasn't full of crap. You know, that it, was, <laughs> right. it was for real. Everybody in LA knows a producer. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, was was able to do that, and then they, you know, they made they made the the slot earlier for him, and it and it, uh, which was great because I would have never gotten them there late. You know. Mm-hmm. How close were you with Sam uh, in between the time the first night you saw him and when you got all of your coworkers to come see him? Were you guys bu- buddies? Were you, did you guys hang out and like? Did he know that these people were coming to see him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I told him I told him hey and I told him about the show that I was working on. Told him about Tom and then I knew Tom would like him if I could just get him in there to see him. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it was all a process. And uh, you know, it took a little while. We I. I we didn't go hang out. We weren't, I wouldn't say that we were, you know, we were pals and buddies, but you know, I saw him back then, you know, two or three times a week before, you know, cause I was at the comedy store a lot back then mm-hmm. just hanging out and seeing him. And, uh, uh, while we were, while I was trying to get this thing together for them to come, to come out and see him. That's so cool. That's so cool that that all worked out. And I'm sure Sam was so excited when he found out that they were writing his own episode. Oh, he flipped out. It was awesome. It was, you know, it's like a, it, the the truth is this this was a, a Showtime sitcom, so that was that was really unusual back then. You know, that was before there was so much programming. Uh-huh. You know, uh, on on the uh, cable, sh- you know, a couple of cable shows. So it was it was a different thing. It's like you really this isn't NBC or CBS or ABC. It's Showtime. Yeah. Um. So. That was a little bit of a different thing, but it was still a big deal because, you know, because of the uh, credits that the uh, director and the writers and people had on the show, you know, they were, they were all, you know, legitimate. 
it was a big it was a big deal for him for sure especially his first acting gig yeah because you got you essentially in a way you got him his first acting gig yeah i mean well that's my claim to fame now so you know yeah i i i'm, I'm very proud to, to be able to say that yeah i got him his first acting that gig. is huge you know that is a that is a big yeah. deal so after it's all decided we're gonna have sam on the show we're you know we're gonna do it um, where, where do you go from there? Does it become, uh, does it become your job or do you just like, where, what was your role in the production aspect of, of everything yet to come? Well, my role, I was just at, at then, I, I think I was just a, I was just a production assistant, um, at the time. So I was really on the low rung of the totem pole. I might've been a uh, production supervisor at that time by then, but either way, uh, my, my job was just to kind of keep the, uh, uh, keep the machine running there, you know, but, uh, I would not have had much to do with it at all. Other than the fact that the, you know, the first day of rehearsal, Sam, Sam's a no show. He didn't, he, he doesn't show up, you know, so we're there for the table read and there's no Sam. And of course, all eyes are on me because I brought him in. Right. This is, according to them, this is your guy. <laughs> what? He's my guy. Yeah. He, and that's exactly what they said, Steve. Where's, where's your guy? <laughs> like, I was like oh. yeah. And it's easy for me to assume now that he had probably just uh, had a late night. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's to say the least. And yeah, but he was, um, and this was before cell phones. Oh, you man. Know, and and it, it's, and email and all that. So, you know, if you didn't pick up the phone, there's nothing else to do other than to trek over to his house. I can't imagine how stressful that had to have been. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm this young, I grew up with cell phones in a, in a way, you know, this has always been a thing. Like, sure. why didn't you just call them, <laughs> you know, or text them or email, you know, the, yeah. Facebook them, do something. And you're just, Nope, I got to drive no. across LA to find out no. where Sam is, you know? No. If you're if you're really lucky at that time you had a beeper. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You were doing was, well if you had a beeper back in the day. Were you able to find Sam? Uh, well, he didn't answer his phone after a repeated call, so um, I was I was sent to go to go look for him, and I knew where he lived, so I went to his place, and <laughs> I went to his apartment, and uh, I, I knocked on the door, no nothing, pound on the door, finally uh, a young this young lady opens the door and, uh, but doesn't want to let me in. And she just said, Sam's sick. He, he's, uh, he's really sick, but, uh, um, uh, he'll make it tomorrow. I promise he'll, he'll be there tomorrow. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I I'm, I'm frantic at this point. Cause I think I'm going right. to lose my job. You yeah. Know? Your job's on the line. I'm, I'm just, Oh, you know, cause if he doesn't show up what, then what's going to happen, we're going to blow a whole episode. And that's not good. No, you're costing uh, people, other people's jobs and more money involved at that. You know, it just, it just piles on and you're like, this is all on you, man. <laughs> well, so I, I sort of gently pushed my way in, uh, to get inside to see what was going on. And Sam was literally laying on the living room floor. Oh boy. Passed out completely naked. Oh just man. Out big Sam right there in the middle of the floor. Did you know at the time that he was into, uh, I guess partying as much as he was. I, I didn't know how much. Yeah. Then. I knew he, I knew he did. I, I knew he was, you know, I knew he was, he was definitely on the wild side, but I did, I didn't know how, yeah. how, how, you know, to what extent. Yeah. So this becomes a, definitely it becomes a concern for you and your coworkers at, at this point. Oh, I, yeah. I thought it was over. I, th- I mean, I thought that, uh, that, 
that there was no way he's, he's if this is his condition now, there's no way he's going to make it tomorrow. So when I went back to the office uh, and uh, to, to the production office, I, I told Tom and uh, the executive producer that I, I, I hate to say this, but I think we need to recast. He's, 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 he's blotto. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't shake, I couldn't shake him. He was, yeah. you know, and um, I said, well, let's, I was surprisingly, Tom said, let's give him one more day. If he doesn't show up tomorrow, then we'll recast. Wow. That's cutting, it, that's cutting it pretty close, but yeah. we'll see. Now, how long does it take so, to put an, a whole, to to complete a production of a whole episode of the show? That show it was five. It was five days. It was um, uh, basically the. And it was Monday through Friday, so our our first day was a table read and then rehearsal, and uh, the second day was uh, more rehearsal and and which leads up to Thursday and Friday for us were our uh, block and tape days. Okay. So it would have been tough recasting him too because it was specific. It was written. It was written for Sam. Yeah. Are so, you are you going to find and, another and for his personality? You're not going to find another comedian that can just scream a line. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, just, <laughs> it just wouldn't have worked. No. You know. It was, no. That would have really been but, a huge a huge problem. But thankfully, thankfully, day two rolls around and he's he shows up bright and early. And looks great and happy, knew, knew all his lines and was ready to go. What a pro. So I was like, oh, <laughs> like, that was uh, quite a relief. Like, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I mean, I have one, one extra drink the next day. It's all, I'm thrown off. I, it takes me three hours to get going. And he's just like, he's passed out to the point of where you can't even wake him up. And he shows up the next yeah. day, knows his lines and just nails it. Well, yeah. And the night before I was so upset with the whole situation. I didn't even go back. I, I'd called him and left him a message and said, you, you, you've got one more chance. You've got to be there tomorrow. And that's, that's it. He never called me. I never heard from him. I didn't go to the comedy store that night. And, uh, I was just, I didn't, I, I, I had very little hope that he would actually show up, but he did. Yeah. So he, he didn't even give you a heads up. Don't worry. I'll be there. Now, no reassuring. You no, just had to bite your no, nail. Nothing. Did you get any sleep that night? Yep. <laughs> uh, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Oh man, well, I'm so glad yeah. that he showed up and and it worked out. Uh, it seems it seems like it went well. Everybody was happy. Yeah, it did. It, it did. Once he got on set, it was everybody was happy. It was laughs. You know, he did. He he. You know, he uh, uh, he did what he needed to do. He did his job, and and the lines were funny. It was a good episode. It was it was it it was funny, and Sam was funny because he was doing his thing. So he shows up the second day, and everything's going well, and then day three comes along, but throughout the week, I mean, do you keep going to the comedy store? Do you have to kind of inadvertently become his babysitter without him knowing, or just to kind of make sure? Yeah, that- that's, that's exactly what happened after that first, after the first day. I mean, after the second day, when he showed up, you know, uh, Tom, you know, at lunchtime, Tom was like, Hey, everything's going great. He's and Sam's, you know, it's really funny. Just, you need to make sure He's, he's, he's your boy. You make sure he's here the rest of the week and we finish this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's, that's my job. So that became my, my job for the, uh, for the rest of the week was spending, and that's how I got to spend so much time with him that week. Cause I was with him every night at the comedy store. Oh man. Uh, kind of, you know, even though he went on late I had to make sure, okay, well, let's, he's going to want to hang out for a little while. Then we got to get out of here so we can get home and get some sleep and be on set tomorrow at nine or 10 or whatever time. What a week. What a week you had. Oh, it was, it was, it was awesome. 
and it, it, at the time it was hectic and crazy and, and it really did feel like a year, uh, especially, you know, by the time we got to the end of it, but, uh, but it was, I, you know, looking back on it now, it was just, I'm so glad I had that experience and got to spend that time with him. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people have a similar Sam Kinison experience as you, but this, this is quite, quite a week you had. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like I, one of the things I had to tell a couple of people, a few people was, you know, this is not the Sam Kinison story. It's not Sam Kinison's life story. It's, it's the story of my week with him. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and it was a really fun week. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think it was pretty entertaining and, and, um, uh, a lot of people have told me how much they, they, uh, felt like they kind of got to know him in a little, in a little different way from reading this. So that's, that, that makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. So what even made you decide to write a book? Cause you sat on this experience for almost, what well, I mean, it was like 30 years or 25, 25 years. Well, you know, it's, well, uh, actually a little longer than that, but what, yeah, cause his, he, he died in 92. Mm-hmm. So, which, you know, he just had that, you know, 25 year yeah. uh, anniversary of his death, which kind of snuck up on me. Um, uh, basically the reason I wrote the book was, um, I have, I, I've been in the business for kind of a long time now. You know, I've done a little bit of everything. I've done a little bit of acting, done a little bit of, uh, producing, done a little bit of, uh, 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 work as a singer and as a songwriter. And, uh, and I've experienced, experienced painful rejection in all of those things, but I've never experienced any painful rejection in being an author. So I thought I'd give that a shot and uh, see how that works. And it's, uh, believe me, it's, it's, it's just as the rejection is just as awful being an author <laughs> as it is any of those things, but no, but he really, he, um, I told this story so many times, you know, people find out that I knew Sam. So people would, would, uh, ask me about her. Hey, tell that story. Tell, tell, <laughs> you know, so-and-so that, that your, your Sam Kinison story. And everybody always loved it. And, you know, people, especially in the comedy world, you know, uh, as you know, being a comedian, um, even a lot of the younger comedians, they just revere Sam. I mean, he's like, he's an icon. Yeah. Um, he's legendary. So, yeah. And so my wife had kept, kind of pestering me sure you need to put that you need to write that down you need to write that story and and uh and just get it on paper and um what happened for me was i recently I, or last year i read norm mcdonald's book i don't know if you uh i haven't read it yet but read it's on yet. my list yeah based on a true story it's great when i read that when i read norm's book and kind of how he did it it kind of a light bulb went off for me. I was like, Oh, okay. I think I know how to do this now. I think I know how to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that's kind of where it came from. And, and, uh, my wife, again, also, uh, when I first started thinking about writing, I was really just going to write about Sam. And I said, this is going to be a really short book. It's just about this week, you know, from the time I met him till the time the, you know, the, 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 the uh, episode ended and she goes, well, you can't just, you got to also write a little bit about yourself to tell how you got from your, your yeah. beginning to how, how did you get from nowhere in Texas, to Hollywood to helping Sam get his first acting gig. And so that, that's how that part came about. I'm glad you told you know, your story too. Cause I think your, your story is well, also just, I, I think it leads up to how you met Sam in a great way. Oh, uh, 
Well, I, I'm really, honestly, I'm glad to hear that because, you know, uh, especially from somebody that doesn't know me, it's like, it's one thing for family and friends to read it and go, Oh, it's so cool about, you know, but it's like, well, but what about people that don't know me? How is that? Right. I, I just hope that it was, that it worked. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that from you that, that you enjoyed it. So. Yeah, man, I really did. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out to me about uh, coming on the show because I think uh, I loved the book. Also, uh, now where is it available? Can, I'm sure you can get it on Amazon and all of that stuff. It's, yeah, it's basically that's the only place you can get it is Amazon. It's on if you go to Amazon and uh, if you just search Sam Kinison book, okay, uh, it will pop right up. Um, or you put in you know the title of the book, or even if you just search my name, Steve Lamar. Uh, it, it, it comes right out. I definitely want people to hear that because anybody who loves Sam should definitely read this book or anybody who's at all curious yeah. should definitely read this because it's pretty funny. And, you know, and also, like well, I said, it's, it's a little bit of showbiz in there. Like it, cause it's all behind the scenes yeah. stuff, you know? And the fact that it was his first acting gig is a big deal, you know? Cause that who knows, like, what if you'd never met Sam and you never made this happen, it, whether or not it was intentional or just luck of the draw, you know, you're just like, I was just partying and at the comedy store and it worked out. But what if it never happened? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't have gotten Sam to the next thing to the next, you know what I mean? And on, on and on. Well, I, I, well, I, I have to say, I, I know, I know he would have, but I know, I know what you mean for, for me. I was just in a really great place to be, a small, a small part of it, just a little cog in the wheel. That's so but, cool. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I'm again. It's I, I just feel like I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I think that's I think that's how most things go. You just you can't plan it, man. Yeah, and I think and, and you and I'm glad you enjoyed the book. I do think you know there's, I think there's funny sprinkled throughout the book. You know, and and, and the stuff about me and then the stuff about Sam. So I I think people will will you know. We'll uh, we'll get a laugh or two or a smile or two along the way. I, I definitely laughed out loud a couple times. Oh, uh, great! Well, Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. I really do appreciate uh, you coming on to talk about the book. And um, what's next? Are you doing anything? What anything else you want to share? Anything? And can people find you online? Are you into that? Or are you just more? Uh, leave me alone. Well, I, buy the I, book. You know, <laughs> no, I've actually I, I had a Twitter account for a long time that I never used, and now I said, well, you know, maybe I should start using that now for, for Sam and to try and get that out there. Um, really my, my big focus right now is, is just trying to get the word out and, uh, you know, and uh, letting people know that the book is available. So I'm sending it out, you know, doing a lot of, and some press releases and doing, um, sending a lot of promo books out into people like you. And so for you doing this and spending a little time and talking to me is just, it's just great. And it's really just what I need. So I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate you being on the show. And, uh, if you ever want to come back, please let me know. Oh, I do have a couple of other stories up my sleeve. So we we may have to talk about that. I think you're going to become a regular guest here. (laughs) (laughs) That would be too cool. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. You got it. Thank you.